Hey, hey, this is Coach AA, and welcome to the 18th April edition. Three things for today on when binary thinking is actually useful. Three quotes, as always, including normal is a distribution, not a person. And finally, on zero-sum thinking and healthy competition. All right, let's get to it. Starting off with when binary thinking is actually useful. Now, normally, binary thinking is a crippling stance to take, zero or one, you know, black or white. Very, very few things are, you know, black or white. And we do risk losing out on a whole lot of options in the middle. But sometimes binary thinking is useful. But before we go there, let's just take a example of when it is not useful. Let's take global warming or climate change, for example. It is not us versus them. It is not you know, climate deniers versus tree huggers. Instead, there is an entire spectrum of emotions and stances in there. To use Adam Grant's six emotions here, on the far left, we have somebody who is alarmed. And then as we go a little to the right, concerned, cautious. All three are little to the left of the middle and then to the right someone who is disengaged doubtful and at the far right dismissive now with binary thinking what happens is we tend to think people who are not believers in climate change or willing to take a stance are dismissive of the concept but that misses out that entire spectrum in between and thus it makes it a very us versus them where pretty much a lot of people lose out. But now, in a few tiny instances, binary thinking is actually useful. So where is it useful, right? Well, moderation is hard. If you're trying to get your goals and you've been more unsuccessful than successful so far, binary thinking is a better approach for you in the short term. A sustainable, balanced lifestyle is the dream, but we need to find balance in imbalance first. It is precisely because of that imbalance we are here, right? We ate too much biryani, we sat on the couch too much, drank too much, stuff like that. And it's okay, but we can get out of there. But it needs a little bit of imbalance, well, maybe a lot of imbalance in the short term to get us out of there. Now, why does binary thinking help us in this regard? Let's say you're going to go off of sugar all uh, weekdays. Well, a simple decision made. 
every morning you're going to reinforce that goal to yourself. I'm not going to eat sugar, right? I have a larger goal in mind. So whether it is five or 10 or 100 times that somebody offers sugar to you, your decision's already made, you're going to say no. There are so many times when I have seen students, well, honestly, including me, when we try to find moderation, we're like, you know what, it's just a piece of candy here, you know, one beer there, things like that, and they all just add up. And because in our heads we're thinking, you know what, I'm being sensible, I'm being moderate, we don't really realize why our results aren't getting to where we want them to be. And then we're like, oh, this thing doesn't work, or that training plan doesn't work, this diet is bullshit, when in all probability, we just didn't stick to it as we should have. So here is an instance of where binary thinking is rather useful. So just stop with, you know, just one bite. I'm going to do this moderation thing. Remember what Feynman says? The first principle is that you must not fool yourself and you are the easiest person to fool. You obviously are not lying intentionally to yourself. You obviously are not trying to fool yourself, but that doesn't mean you don't succeed in doing exactly that. And maybe we end up blaming somebody else, like the diet, our coach, or whoever. But success or failure, honestly, eventually comes down to you. So employ binary thinking. Do what you need to do. Measure do more, do better, do less, you'll get there. It just takes a lot longer than you think. It's a little bit more hard work than you think, but you'll get there. We will get there. Suck it up and do it. Well, that's the first one. Let's move on to three quotes. The first one is from James Clear. A simple rule for life and work. Don't rush, but don't wait. Thoughtful action. In case you're not aware, James is the author of Atomic Habits, but he's got a ton of smart things to say. I highly recommend you subscribe to his uh, 3 to 1 newsletter. That's where I got this quote from, but that's not all there is. He is just a very, very clear writer. The second one, and this is my favorite quote for today, because when it comes to people, normal is an artificial construct, the center of a statistical bell curve, but not a standard that we ought to seek to achieve, even if we could. Normal is a distribution not a person. And finally, a quote from Bruce Lee, a goal is not always meant to be reached. It often serves simply as something to aim at. My commentary on this, when we set lofty goals and fail, we tend to get you know, discouraged and disillusioned. But the journey is the destination. And picking a lofty 
destination can elevate us. Why? Well, it pushes us out of our comfort zone. So rewiring success can come in handy. Instead of saying, I'm going to try to get to the destination and only that is success, because some goals cannot be attained, but that doesn't mean we can't strive towards them and do better than what we normally would. But instead, if we set, say, very low goals and we achieve them, well, that's just fake success. Are you really moving as far ahead as you could? I think not. So anyway, that's what I have to say about that. And finally, the last topic for today on zero-sum thinking. Now, what is zero-sum thinking or zero-sum bias or zero-sum games? Zero-sum thinking perceives situations as zero-sum games, where one person's gain would be another person's loss. Any sport, you know, a game of cricket, one side wins, one side loses. It's a zero-sum game, right? And we are brought up to think that most things are zero-sum games, that life is a zero-sum game. For me to win, you have to lose. That's not at all true or real. And it most definitely is not true in the world of health and fitness. Seems obvious, but a lot of us tend to lose the way or lose the plot along the way. This is hugely detrimental to our goals and honestly to our behavior to our motivation and to our progress. I'm gonna rewind the clock a little bit, comparing ourselves. Maybe you grew up in a, a crazy, weird, non-dysfunctional household where comparison didn't happen. Um, well, congratulations. You know how if you don't do so well in exams or, you know, you don't do your homework or you don't eat food, blah, 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 whatever. You don't eat your veggies. Oh, you know what? That kid over there who gets first rank eats all his uh, ventaka or whatever. Or he does his homework or she does, his, she does her homework every day promptly. And it's not like it's only parents who do the comparison, right? You know what? My friend's parents got him or her a pair of Nikes, so, you know, you get me a pair of Nikes because that's what my friend's parents are doing. So this comparison thing, seemingly harmless, most certainly not. And why am I taking this slight tangent? Well, I don't know. I think there is something to this zero-sum bias and this comparison of trying to do better and if they win I lose or they have it I should also have it they have it that means I don't get to have it that kind of weird nonsense comes into play I've seen this happen a few times in my class with some of my students who end up losing the way and you know discontinuing because of wrong reasons I guess they get angry or annoyed when somebody else lives 
more than them. Maybe the two of them are, you know, few of them joined at the same time, but one person is making a lot more progress than the other. One person lifting much heavier than the other. Instead of, you know, feeling happy or being motivated that, you know what, somebody who is very similar to me is squatting 20 kilos more than me, that means it is very doable. This zero-sum bias makes us, well, act nonsensical. While I think I can get better here by communicating certain things better, like what is your goal, what is strong enough, how long will it take you to get there? Well, it's also on people to realize that all of us are different. Some of us might be able to put more in. Some of us might be able to put less in. Some of us might have had too much fun in the last 20 years that it takes a little bit of time to get going and maybe some of us have been pretty diligent and so progress comes easy. You know, as kids, it was unfortunate. We didn't know better. But today, we should know better. The purpose of any competition right, is to elevate ourselves. If you're playing, and I mean not at elite level, because if you're an elite cricketer and you're listening to me, holy shit, I made it, but let's be realistic, right? If we are playing a friendly game of badminton, do we want to win, you know, 15-0 or 21-0 or whatever, or do we want to play against somebody who challenges us, who makes us take strokes, who makes us plan our gameplay better, improve, you know, the quality of your drop shot and your clears, and maybe you end up losing, but you end up playing out of your skin. That, I think, is a much more fruitful outcome than just looking at winning. How does winning even matter here? It doesn't, okay? Before you even think about giving me a reason as to why it matters. No, it doesn't. You're playing recreationally. You should still take it seriously. But how well can I do if that's the goal? That totally depends on how well your competition is. So you're using them to elevate yourself. So even if you lose, you might end up having a great, great game. I think that's healthy competition. I think that's productive competition. How this uh, applies, say, in strength training, for example, when somebody lifts a weight that you don't think is possible, you know, not somebody randomly on the internet, but somebody right in front of you, it suddenly makes that weight a lot more accessible to you. So when, say, Raj or Sudeep squat the 72 kilos, and I'm squatting, you know, 56s and 64s, and I'm like, you know what, 72 is way over my body weight. I don't think I can ever do that. And then, you know, these guys do this. It suddenly becomes approachable. It's not, oh, wow, I can't even touch those weights anymore. But it's like, hmm. Maybe, just maybe, on a good day I can. And that's pretty much how I ended up squatting the 72s for the first time. 
Similarly, if I'm say pressing 24 kilos and saying, hey, that's a lot of weight to press, but then I go to a strong first cert and pretty much everybody at the L2, we are required to press half our body weight. That's awesome. And here I am thinking, you know what? Well, I'm pressing half my body weight, I'm pressing 32, and then, you know, I'm not the biggest of guys. So there are people who are about 100 kilos, you know, pressing 48s and 56s, which is awesome. So it's all doable. Now, instead, if I'm intending to be, you know, big fish in a small, I squat the most at my gym. That's silly, right? Either your gym's really small or people in your gym are really weak. Plus, with the internet, you can look up people like you posting their squat numbers or better, posting their squat videos because anybody can post random numbers. So you can keep trying to find small pawns for you to be inside of and be the big fish there, but that's ridiculous. All that, I think, comes from this zero-sum bias or this zero-sum thinking. For me to be winning here, somebody else has to lose. Or if they are winning, which is they are squatting more, that means I'm losing. Now, I think we need to get out of that mindset. Having a support group, having this intentional community, your batchmates, having people who are in the same journey as you are, use them as healthy competition. You're not in a zero-sum game with them. This is a win-win game. You can use them as motivation. You can motivate them. You can guide them. You can lead them. You can give them a hand when they need it. They'll give you a hand when you need it. I'd like to explore how to learn more about this and to teach this better in my class. Anyway, that's what I got to say about zero-sum biases and thinking. Well, thank you for listening. You have a great rest of this Sunday. And I will see you here next week. This is Coach AA signing off. Bye-bye.